Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ozil. Marca Mesuto Ozil. Envío al área al remate. Ahí está el primer tanto del partido. No lo celebra, por supuesto. Aaron Ramsey, 0 a 1 para el Arsenal. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there and welcome to another Arscast Extra on the dawn of a new season. Brought to you today by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com forward slash Arscast. Do that now. Uh, hello, James. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. The new It's nearly here, the new season. It's... Um, it's remarkable. It's upon us. Mm. Yeah, extraordinary. It's, I mean, the World Cup bridged the gap, didn't it? So yeah. it seems to you know, have come around particularly quickly this time. Um, even pre-seasons felt like something of a hurry, hasn't it? It's you know, only been a, a few games. And suddenly we're looking at proper fixtures with points on the line. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, what can you do but just get on with it? Well, indeed. Let's do that. Let's do, do that. You enjoy, do, do you enjoy the Community Shield? I did enjoy the Community Shield. Um, you know, I was sort of preparing myself in a way for a game that perhaps didn't go our way, at which point I could say, well, look, it's just the Community Shield. And of course. it's about fitness. It's about getting your preparation right. And, okay, look, we, we've done this, and so we can see what we need to do, et cetera, et cetera. But it was very, very pleasant indeed to give them pretty much a spanking you'd have to say i think if if it had if it had been three nil to manchester city they'd have been talking up the the spankingness of of that result but it's great to read in the papers this morning and across the the press the very positive uh view of of arsenal and the way we played and, and what we've done so far this summer yeah and i thought it was a really encouraging performance um you know, it seemed it's only been a week, but it seemed well ahead of the performance that we put in in the Emirates Cup, actually, uh, in the second game. Yeah. The players, a lot of those players seemed a lot sharper, a lot more ready. Uh, and there was a real excitement seeing, you know, all those counterattacks with Alexis Sanchez in the first half, you know, bombing down the right. Uh, Aaron Ramsey playing almost as well as he did for much of last season. I just think it was wonderful to, to see. And, and also, I know it's not a proper competition, but it is great to get those scenes after the game where, you know, they get to lift something and have a laugh and, you know, enjoy the day. I do think that it's it's just added to a, a sense of optimism around the club that's been building since the FA Cup final, and which hopefully we can carry into to next season. Yeah, completely agree. And it was very encouraging in the the impact that Alexis had on the game, even though he only played 45 minutes and he's still clearly away from being fully fit. But you could see that moment towards the end of the first half where he just burst from deep, City pushed up and, and all of a sudden he's in behind. And you got to think when he's a bit sharper, perhaps he'd have got to that ball first. And, you know, it's it's exciting yeah. to have that option because 
it's something that obviously Theo Walcott gives us when he's fit, but he hasn't been fit, and Serge Gnabry as well. But you know, he's still a very young player, and uh, I don't think you can um, count on him to to do that on a, on a regular basis at this point in his career. But just that there was a buzz, wasn't there? Every time he got the ball, there was just a, an expectation. He didn't do a great deal with it for the most part, but just the fact that he was there and running at defences, and you could see him, there were a couple of times where he he saw the pass but didn't quite make it, and I think that will come with with, uh, a bit more match sharpness. Yeah, I mean, some of his decision-making, some of his final ball wasn't quite right, and you know, if you believe certain people uh, who watched him at Barcelona, that that can be an element of his game, but I do think that it was very encouraging, and you know, on that right-hand side, he looked very comfortable. I think he'll start the season there. In the long run, he may end up playing through the middle, but at the moment, he gives us a tremendous outlet on that flank. So, yeah, I think it's uh, hugely promising. And, you know, other players did well. I mean, Callum Chambers is one who I was really impressed by at centre-back, actually, uh, to the point where I'm a little bit worried it'll sort of keep Arsenal's checkbook more closed than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think perhaps the, the, uh, the, the potential injury to Koscielny and Mertesacker's lack of fitness means that he's really got to buy a centre half but we can probably address that a bit later on but he was he was impressive looking wasn't he Chambers for for a 19 year old who's played most of his career his very very short career at right back and he just slotted in there and and did very well what what did you make of Debussy I I I liked him I, I have to say but I think he's got to get used to the way that that Arsenal play um yeah in the sense that when he didn't have an option in front of him, his first thought was, well, I'm going to just put it up there anyway, um, which is a bit newcastle Whereas if he's got Mertesacker behind him, he's always going to have that option. He needs to he needs to go backwards. I remember looking at the stats where um, we're sort of looking at Sanya and Debushi and, and uh, their various qualities. And um, I think it's on Squawker where you can look at all the various uh, passes that they made and let's say Debushi made in the entire season 270 backwards passes Sanya made something like 900 or you know mm. the, the the difference was vast so maybe that's something he's got to be uh, working on but uh, impressive and encouraging as well yeah I mean he, you know he's adapting to a different style of football and Arsenal play a very possession-led game and you know, sand, you know, the back four are happy shifting it across the pitch, aren't they, until they can find Arteta in the middle and start the moves off or maybe even get it down the flank. Debushi will learn that, but I thought he was very good, actually. I thought he was sort of tigerish in the challenge, ambitious going forward, putting a couple of excellent crosses. Um, I think he's going to slot straight in, and, and that's, you know, really what we need because at the moment we're going to the season with a what you'd have to describe as an unsettled back four, an unfamiliar back four. So we need people who can adapt and deal with it quickly. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, we could start the season with Chambers and, and Monreal at the back, which is far from ideal in terms of central defensive positions. Uh, so we need people like Debushi and Gibbs, who I thought was excellent as well, uh, to be at the very top of their game. Yeah, Gibbs is just doing it, isn't he? He's no fuss... No real yeah. hype or, or anything about him, but he's just improving steadily over the last 18 months into a very, very solid uh, left-back, which is, is good to see. Um, is the central defensive thing the only cloud on the horizon, given how well things have gone this summer and how positive everything appears to be? Uh, the community shield, uh, people are taking a lot of positives from it, and rightly so. But as you just mentioned... Chambers and Monreal could be could be 
the central defensive partnership if Koscielny doesn't get fit or the manager decides that he can't risk Mertesacker that quickly. Um, some people have wondered why, in that case, we sold Thomas Vermaelen that quickly. But from what Barcelona have said today, Vermaelen's injured mm-hmm. for quite a while um, yeah. with, the, with the hamstring problem. So he would not have been able to play anyway. So the timing of the sale, from our point of view, is uh, is irrelevant. But uh, it does seem like that's that's the area that we're we're short in, and it is a rather crucial area. Yeah, it is indeed. And you know, Vermal and I wondered the same thing: why are we letting him go? But if he's not fit, he's not available for selection. It doesn't really make that much difference. Um, Monreal, to be honest, at times has struggled to convince me as a fullback and as a centre back. I definitely have my concerns. I think. It is something that needs addressing, but I don't know if, how quickly these things can happen. I'm not sure it'll get addressed before next Saturday. Well, remember when all of a sudden we needed a left-back really, really well, quickly. Well, we brought Monreal we, in very We brought quickly. Monreal like, like that, you know. Um, so I think it can happen quickly if the target is there and is available. Mm. Um, and we're prepared to, to do it. I, I do think there's a, a measure of urgency about the situation, to be honest, because August is a very busy month. Um, you know, you never know what might happen in a game, whether someone picks up a knock. Um, and we are, if Koscielny misses the game uh, on Saturday against Palace, we're like a, a training ground kick to Monreal or Chambers away from having no central defenders at all. So that's, um, I mean, it is the worst case he- scenario outlook, isn't it? But you, you, I think you've got to be prepared for those eventualities. What do you think of, uh, there's a few stories this morning about uh, Liverpool's Daniel Agger. Is that one that you think could be a possible? I don't know. What, I don't know if we've got any interest, but it does strike me as, yeah, I mean, he's a bit of a carbon copy of Vermaelen in a way, isn't he? So from that yeah. point of view, yeah, I mean, he, he would fit the profile of somebody who could come in and do a job straight away. Um. It all depends what 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 kind of centre half the manager wants to bring in. Does he want to bring in somebody to understudy or to to sit behind Mertesacker and, and Koscielny or to to challenge them? Um, I do think after what's happened in the Community Shield and in preseason, I think Chambers is certainly going to be a central defender or a central defensive option this season. I think mm. the manager seems quite happy to to uh to use them there so i don't know it's hard to know isn't it do you do you worry that um after the community shield i think arson was talking about chambers and and what it does to his kind of transfer priorities and i felt there was a bit of an implication that he sees chambers as potentially as as third choice and he might be mm. looking to bring in someone behind that does that worry you at all or do you think he's he's ready to fill that kind of role in the squad I, I, it's really difficult to say because we haven't seen enough of him i mean it was really encouraging what we've seen so far um but then we've seen other young players um who have i won't say burst onto the scene but who in their early games have looked very promising at center half and in the end haven't quite fulfilled that potential so i think it's it's very difficult to make any kind of judgment about a player based on two performances or two and a half performances in friendlies. Um, Same, yeah. So I, I I can't really put my neck on the line in, in that regard. It does seem, I agree with you, that from what Arsene is saying or what he said after the Community Shield, that, yeah, that's something that, that he's certainly considering. But I do think, overall, we lack depth at centre-half, and that's 
that's a worry for me and has been, you know, for most of the summer because we knew Vermaelen was, was going to go. So, uh, yeah, and I, mean, I do think as well, when you look at the fact that the stories come out that they were trying to do a swap deal with United that maybe would have included Smalling, that they're aware that this gap exists. So you, you'd hope that they've moved on to other targets. Let's hope so. I mean, the difference with that Montreal situation is, you know, we didn't know we were going to pick up the injuries we did and we swooped from quickly with Vermal and we, we should have been able to plan for this eventuality for quite some time. Uh, so let's hope they have identified targets. So it was interesting to hear the manager saying he might be looking at a player who can play in two or three positions potentially. So yeah. someone who could provide cut cover in another part of the pitch. Um, what do you think that means? I, I mean, think somebody you can play at fullback or somebody you can also play in midfield. I think midfield because... I feel like we're pretty covered at fullback, if I'm honest. Um, you know, you've got Gibbs and Monreal on the left-hand side. And then on the right, you've got Debussy, Chambers, Bellerin still in the squad for now. So, you know, I do wonder if maybe he's looking at that holding midfield area again, someone who could maybe double up in that respect. Mm. Um, do you think that's a possibility? Yeah. I, I, that was my thought, that he wanted somebody who could who could play in midfield and also at centre-half, rather than somebody who would be uh, an auxiliary fullback, um, Because, like you say, we've, we've got options there, and Chambers is an option for, for the right fullback position as well. So, yeah. yeah. But who that player is or where we're going to find him or how much we've got to pay for him, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, the thing is, we're very well stocked with, uh, with midfielders, so it's possible that if you could find a player who who's played predominantly as a holding midfielder, but then was required uh, to step back in central defence when necessary. We've got plenty of other midfielders who could who could come into that breach. So mm. I do wonder if that's a possibility. Someone in that in the Javi Martinez mould would solve a lot of problems, I think. Right. Um, but, you know, they, they, these players come at a significant price. Yeah, so. they're not easy to find because both positions, people, you know, we've had that thing, well, why did we never play Vermaelen as a defensive midfielder? Uh, it's because he's not a midfield player. I mean, it's a very specialist position, midfield, same as uh, centre-half. So, um, you know, the players who can fill both roles aren't exactly uh, ten a penny. Few so. and far between. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, final little thing for this uh, part of the show. The manager announced that, uh, Mikel Arteta would be the, the captain for this season with yep. Per Mertesacker as his vice-captain. Any surprise to you, or, or what, what do you make of that? Well, I, I had seen it coming for a couple of weeks. There have been a few comments from Arsene saying Arteta would be the next in line, um, and he obviously feels he doesn't want to rock the boat. I am a little bit surprised. My choice still would have been Per Mertesacker. Um, however, depending, I think, what happens on, in the transfer market, I think Mertesacker might well end up wearing the armband for quite a lot of the season anyway. Um, if a holding midfielder does come in, it seems that it's Arteta's place in the team that's most at risk. So I don't think it does any harm in being the captain. He's a very well-liked, very well-respected member of the squad. I think Mertesacker would have been a more long-term choice and probably would still will be the long-term captain. Uh, but in this season, it, I imagine them kind of sharing responsibilities. I mean... Would you, have, would you have given it to Per as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I would have thought, yeah, certainly, because I, I just like the way he, he behaves and the way he leads. But I think it's a natural progression because Arteta was the captain, wasn't he, for, for the most part last season because Vermaelen was on the bench. Arteta, Arteta captained the side um, for 
pretty much 90% of the games. So I can see why he did that. And I'm also with the manager to a certain extent. I think perhaps there's too much emphasis put on who is the captain. Um, mm. the, the, the ceremonial aspect of it rather than the practical aspect of it. And, you know, what you're looking for in your players is our leaders, not just because you're wearing an armband. Uh, and I think we've got those players in the team now. Um, and I think Arteta is, what's the way I would describe it? Somebody around whom the rest of the players probably, um, I won't say revolve, but, you know, he just seems the natural choice because he's about the oldest player there. Uh, you know, he's got great experience, really big influence off the pitch as well apparently, in the dressing room, a great guy um, helping people settle in. I think we told the story, or was it you told the story about uh, Alexis when he came? Uh, Arteta mm. was like straight over, anything you need, we'll, we'll sort it out. So um, I don't see it as an issue, even if we buy another player to play in Arteta's role, um, that having somebody of his experience and leadership is is a good thing and a good example for the younger players. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, congratulations to him. He's worked very hard. It's, uh, I feel like it's, uh, it might be his last year at Arsenal, you know, yeah. and I think it's a fitting reward for the, the commitment he's shown to the cause over the last few years. And uh, I don't think that's ever been in question for a second. So I think it'll, it'll do a good job. Um, and also, I have to say, I think, I still think he's got a good part to play in the squad. We talked last week about if we sign a midfielder, would we let him or Flamini go? And I think. I can't remember, but I think we might have both gone for Flamini. I think Artes has still got, still got a lot to offer. So, yeah, yeah I hope he has a good season. All right. Well, those are the uh, the issues of the week thus far. What we're going to do now is take a short break. We'll be back with some of the questions that you've sent in. Welcome back to the Arsecast Extra, brought to you this week by Audible.com. To get yourself a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial, go to audibletrial.com forward slash Arsecast. That's audibletrial.com forward slash Arsecast. Sign up, you get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial, which you can cancel at any moment, and every sign-up does help us, uh, so thanks indeed. Right, time for some questions that uh, you kind listeners have sent in. Uh, to Twitter, uh, at GunnerBlog and at ArsBlog. And this one, first one, comes from at Rich P. Walsh. Mm. And he says, on a scale of Merson to Wright. Now, I don't know if that's Ian Wright or Richard Wright. Okay. You can you can be the judge. Okay. On a scale of Merson to Wright, how optimistic are you for the new season? How interesting. What an interesting... Uh, sort of axis he's applied to that. Yeah. Is Merson, Merson's, is one of those, is Merson not a very optimistic figure? Is that what I'm to infer from that? And Ian Wright is? Oh, maybe. Maybe. How would you, how would you interpreted it? I had just sort of thought that they were two Arsenal names. Maybe. I've overthought it. Yeah. But maybe you could be right because Merson does come across as a little bit, you know, Morose. Morose is a great word. Um, Ian Wright obviously is quite excitable. Exuber- ebullient, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I um, would say for next season, I am optimistic. I don't know if I'd say I'm full Ian Wright. Mm. Um, but I'm certainly kind of Yaya Snow-goey, 
like you know Yaya Snogo post the FA Cup final that kind of dancing in the changing room it's excited but it's sort of contained it's got the self-assurance of a man who knows he's got moves that's me at the moment right yeah I am really excited about the new season I think that We've got, we you know, we're in tremendous shape. Even if the, you know, we we get this one more, if we get this one more centre back, um, you know, I'd, I'd like Holden Fuller as well. But even if that doesn't happen, I think we're we're in good shape. And I think the mentality of the squad will be so improved by that FA Cup final win. So yeah, apparently I'm Sonogo, but I mean, I know that doesn't fit into the sort of mid nineties, you know, uh, criteria that I was given to choose from there. But mm. I, I can broaden that, can't I? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, do, do I have to then respond in kind by by being an player. Arsenal player? I think so. Maybe, yeah. maybe just because uh, of the FA Cup and the, I won't say the hangover from that and winning yesterday, I could actually be as optimistic or as excited as Paul Merson when he did his famous downing the pints uh, gesture. Like, right. Really? You know, yeah. I'd say that's that's quite excited. That's quite excited. Because, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't have the the natural rhythm of, of a Sonogo, where you, obviously, as a, as a performer... We can't all, Yeah. Yeah. Can't all be so that. blessed. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's... I mean, that's quite excited. Fair enough. So we're both quite looking forward to it. Absolutely. I think at this junk. At this juncture as well, we should give ourselves a little pat on the back. We made it through the summer. Podcast survived. Yeah. We talked about enough rubbish to cover up all the no Arsenal football. I think, you know, God bless the World Cup as well, though. That did help. But yeah, that, could, that was something of a cheat that enabled us to, to sneak through. Yeah. So we're both, we're both up for it, basically, is what we've gathered from that. Yeah. Okay, this question comes from So So Steady. That's a great name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, his real name is Ushichukuozo, but I, I so, so steady. Well, so, that's, so that's steady. easier. Yeah, it's an obvious nickname, I mm. guess. Um, he asks, and we were talking a little bit about this before, but anyway. He says, does giving Arteta the captain's armband quash any chance of signing a defensive midfielder this season? And I must say, loads of other people ask that question as well. Yeah, about 500 people yeah. ask that question. So it's obviously something... That's um, captivating the minds of of the masses. Mm. Uh, I think as we just talked about before, that if the manager is looking for that versatile player who can also play centre half uh, and play in midfield, then no, I don't. I don't think it necessarily quashes that at all. Whether it's the high profile specialist that everyone wants, um. I'm not sure, but then I don't think we've ever been convinced he's he's going to get that player. No, you know we we spoke about it a number of times over the last uh, few months and towards the end of last season. That if you look at the players we've been linked with, yeah, Kadira, for example, who's not that player. He's a a box to box midfielder, as Arsene Wenger called him. He we don't seem to be linked with too many of them, do we? There's the Carvalho thing, but beyond that. You know, there's not a not a great deal of smoke around this one. So, no, I don't think it necessarily makes any difference to it, but whether or not we're going to sign anybody in the first place, that's the bigger question for me. Yeah. I think in in the spring we both said 
that we didn't think Wenger would bring in a central midfielder. I think over the summer, I, I know certainly my opinion has fluctuated based on the strength of the stories about the likes of Kadira. Um, but looking at it at the start of the transfer window. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I wasn't convinced it was a massive priority for the manager. I used to think he might think he's got one more year to get out of Arteta and Flamini and it wouldn't blow my mind at all if, if that's what happened. However, on the other side of the coin, I do think Arteta being named captain does not mean his place in the team is sacrosanct. And and you need to only look at the previous captain, Thomas Van Arlen, who lost his place on the other team and sat on the bench for a season to know that Arsene Wenger is not averse to leaving out a captain if he thinks it's the best thing for the collective. Mm. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that answers that. Yeah, dealt with. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's one. This comes from uh, at Red of Purple. His name is Andy Stewart. And he says, what is the likelihood of one of Podolsky or Campbell leaving this summer? Are we top heavy in attack? Another popular question, that, wasn't it? Yeah. There's was a lot of that around yeah. as well. I think, I do have a little hunch that Podolsky might be moved on. Um, I don't really know why. I haven't got any substance to that, just to allay any fears that might be sparked by me saying that. I don't have any insider information that makes me believe that. I just, I don't know, just a hunch. I mean, you know, last season at times we thought he might be on the way out and with I find it hard to see there being room for Campbell and Podolsky on, in the squad and looking at their respective salaries, you know, it, there's one who it kind of might make more sense to keep around on the bench, hmm. even though I believe Podolsky is a superior player still at this time. Um, so it wouldn't hugely surprise me if he was on his way in the next few weeks. I, I hope not, because I think he's got a lot to offer still. I think he's a fantastic finisher. We were saying last week, there's no one you'd rather see a chance fall to in the box. Incredibly efficient in the final third. But I do think that Wenger just doesn't quite know how to fit him into the side, and that could see him could see him depart. What do you reckon? I would have thought Campbell is a more likely departure than Podolsky, mm-hmm. just based on what uh, Podolsky has produced um, and the willingness that he probably has to play a role which is a little bit diminished. You know, with with the arrival of Alexis and Walcott back fit and uh, Giroud and Sonogo and Cazorla, and, you know, he, he'll get plenty of games. But I think he's he'd be more content. I just I thought it was really odd yesterday that that Campbell only got 
five minutes towards the end and didn't look that interested when he came on yeah. the pitch as well. So I do I maybe wonder, I could be putting two and two together and making five if perhaps a conversation has been had with him already about about where his future might lie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult when you look at all those options to see how everyone is going to be happy. But the problem we've had down the years is is lack of depth, isn't it? So um, that's that's one for the manager. I mean, like you, I wouldn't be surprised to see one or the other of them go, whether that's permanently or on loan. Uh, but uh, just just hard to know. Yeah, I mean, do you think we are top heavy? Do you think we've got more than we need in those positions? Um, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, as a fan, you sort of feel like you can't really have enough. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you just want as much strength and depth as possible. Yeah. I mean, I suppose if you do look at it from a sheer numbers point of view, maybe there is a case to be made for for letting somebody go because, you know, somebody ultimately is not going to be happy. Um, the forwards listed on Arsenal.com at the moment are uh, Podolski, Giroud, Walcott, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Sanchez, uh, Yaya Sanogo, Serge Gnabry, Joel Campbell, Rio Miaichi. So we can pretty much rule out Miaichi, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll he'll go, provided he's not uh, so broken. Um, Gnabry, I think, is going to go on loan somewhere, but he's been carrying an injury for most of the summer, I believe, uh, towards the end of last season as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. And it's been strangely quiet about, about his injury. Oxlade-Chamberlain... Well, you know, he can play in the front three, but the manager keeps talking about him as a, a central midfielder. So that leaves you with Podolski, Giroud, Walcott, Alexis, and Sonogo, and then Campbell. So that's six forwards for three positions. You know, you could see how everyone would get the, the game time, but I don't know. Um, the manager might prefer a more uh, efficient squad. I mean, Podolski's 29 now. It's possible that, you know over the next year or two he might be more accepting of a, a role where he, he doesn't play every week you know he's moving into his 30s he, you know it's, it's unlikely that he's going to get that at a top top club um so maybe he'll you know settle more into into being more of a squad player who mm. knows um it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out i certainly think campbell and podolsky have certain similarities in the, in the style of play and the positions where they they function best so i do feel like if if someone's going to go, it's it's likely to be one of those two. Uh, Campbell as well can operate from the right, though, which Podolsky can't. Um, yeah, that gives him an extra kind of added versus. I mean, to be fair as well, Campbell, you know, we've seen Campbell in the World Cup playing through the middle uh, with mixed degree of success, but I'd say he looks more suited to it than Podolsky has done in the Premier League as well, hmm. um, which might count in his favour. The other thing that I think that might count in his favour is just his, his youth. Um you know, in terms of sort of, if there's a time to cash in on Podolsky, it's now. He's not going to get any more valuable, I, sh- I shouldn't think. Yeah. Uh, so that might play into the manager's thinking. He is quite keen on, you know, raking in any residual value where he can. Um, so basically, we don't have a fucking clue. I think I that's, think what, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, but one might go, I think. That's all I can say with any confidence. <laughs> all right, next question. More expert opinion on next week's Arcus Cost Extra. I am, <laughs> this is asked from, from Teebs21, uh, and 
you know, we saw Bakary Sanya at the weekend, sat alone in the Manchester City box, looking a bit sad. Oh, and he, he did asked, a bit, didn't he? He was just yeah, there, like, looking on going, oh, what have I done? What Billy have no I done? mates. Yeah. yeah. He asks, something I've been pondering, do you think Sanya and Sask will be... That's who's, you might have forgotten who Sesk is. You might have blocked it out, but he used to play for us. Sesk. Uh, yeah. 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 No? Spanish guy? Yeah, little he, Spanish guy. Yeah, I think I remember him. <laughs> Do you think they'll be booed or cheered by the Arsenal fans when we meet City and Chelsea in the league? I'd say I, cheered is definitely unlikely. <laughs> I can't imagine they'd be cheered. Yeah. Um, I think... There's always an element, isn't there, that uh, of people who the minute a player leaves a club, he's an absolute cunt and the worst person in the world. Yeah. Um, I suspect that Senya's welcome will be more warm than Sesk's. Mm-hmm. Simply because Senya got to the end of his contract, always gave it 100% and left, um, you know, at an age where it's much easier to, to see a player go, right? Um, yeah, you know, sure. he's in his early 30s. And Sesk, as we know, left the club under a little bit of a cloud, uh, went to Barcelona, which I don't think people really could blame him for at that time, given they're the best team in Europe. And, and we were, frankly, a shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously the fact that he's joined Chelsea, you know, is is horrible. You know, I've seen pictures of him. He scored a great goal yesterday for Chelsea, which I saw sort of by accident. Um, I was looking at it and then going, oh, this is horrible. I mean, looking mm. at looking at Sesk in a Chelsea shirt, I don't know. It's like looking at a an elephant dressed in a tutu or something. It just doesn't seem right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't suit him. The blue nah. is, is horrible. Um, but it's a reminder that for players... Football, for the most part, is a job. Um, They'll do their job pretty much anywhere. Um, Yeah. But I also wonder if it's something that we have to get used to a bit more. Because if you look, I always it always struck me looking at Italian football uh, way back when, when it first started uh, on Channel 4, that it was not at all unusual for players to go between the big clubs, between... AC and Inter Milan uh, to Juventus, um, you know, these these players would just, you know, swap around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it seemed people were a lot more accepting of that. Whereas in England, it was not really heard of for players to go between the big clubs. And that seems to be changing a, a little bit now. So uh, to answer the question, I think anyone that boos Sanya is a bit of a cock, really. And he, he shouldn't be booed. Um, I think there will probably be a few that will, but I think for the most part, people will be appreciative of, of what he's done. And I think Sesk is going to get a hard time. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd go for that as well. I think Sanya will get the kind of Colo Torre warm welcome, uh, whereas Sesk will be more, not quite at the, the Van Persie Adebayor end of the spectrum, mm. but heading that way, I would say. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay, here's one from... Uh, Andy Notacy, I think that's how you say it. It's at Notacy, and he says, okay. "It's quite quite a succinct question." It goes like this: Palace Saturday, Sonogo or Giroud? Wow. Okay. A man of efficient words 
I like him. I like his style. I like the cut of his jib. He doesn't mess around, does he? No. He's, he's like, you know, I've got 140 characters and I'm going to use them wisely. Absolutely. Um, well, we've used about half of them, it turns out, sparingly. Um, I uh, I don't know. Let me think. I mean, Giroud scored a terrific goal, didn't he, at the weekend? Superb. Yeah. Uh, Sonogo did that thing he does at Wembley, you know, where he just crashes around quite a lot. Uh, yeah. He was involved in the Ramsey goal, though. Did all right there, I thought. Held the ball up well enough. Um, although I think Ramsey deserves most of the credit for that, that little turn, which was absolutely brilliant. Loved oh, that. that was nice. Also, the, the way he just uh, kind of scooped the ball up and yeah. turned around. Mm. Look, looks very simple, but like that was magic. That was a great little move. Yeah. Um, I, I think you've got to go Giroud. I think if he's if he's ready, if he's physically ready, I think you've got to go with Giroud. I mean, it, you know, the, the the manager and the staff will know a lot more than me about his sort of physical aptitude if he's fit to take on the task. But if he is, I still think he's by far the top centre forward at the club. Unless you're counting Sanchez as a possibility in that area. And uh, this is the Premier League now. This is the big stuff. This is what counts. There's points on the line. And I would be going for him. What about yourself? Yeah, I tend to agree with that. But, you know, Giroud came on against Man City and scored a really brilliant goal. Mm. But apart from that, I don't really remember him doing anything else. Whereas no. Sonogo was always involved. I think that maybe had a bit to do with the way we played in the first half as opposed to the second. We were a bit more on top of things and a bit more lively and there was a bit more energy, obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think uh, you're right in the sense that if you're looking, uh, if they were both equally fit, then it would be Giroud because he's got the goal-scoring record. Um. So I think it I think it comes down to that. Um but yeah, I mean I if it, if you ask me who who would I fancy to score more, it would be Giroud. So if he's fit enough to start then yeah, stick him on and we you know we've always got Sonogo as an option from the bench if need be. Cool. Um one more? Got time for one more? Yeah. All right, let's go for one more. This is the big one, okay? This right. is the one that everyone's been waiting for. This is from Tom Bigsy, 97. And he asks, would you rather have arms made of chocolate <laughs> or legs made of cheese? That That's actually quite difficult. Explain to me your thought process. What's, what's troubling you here? Well, you would have to stay pretty cold. If you had arms made of chocolate, you wouldn't be able to go on a sunshine holiday, for example, because your arms would melt. I mean, cheese cheese melts too. Yeah, but not if you used a hard cheese like uh, Parmesan or Pecorino or something like that. We're not talking like Dairyly Triangle cheese here. I I see, I see. You found a loophole. I have, I have. Now, would your arms be solid chocolate or would it be like... um, Easter egg chocolate, you know, just a shell. No, no, it's solid. It's not hollow. Right, so it would take some time to melt. Hmm. It would, yeah. Yeah. I think I would have to go with the legs made of cheese, simply because it would be more versatile. You know, you'd be able to go to different places and 
and and you know move around you wouldn't necessarily be able to would they be fully functioning legs i mean could you walk yeah. on them you can walk on them yeah right i'm filling a lot of this in in my head but yes you can walk on them it's more just the inconvenience or convenience depending on how you look at it the fact that they are made of cheese would they be leg shaped or would they be cheese shaped like a uh you know a triangle of of uh, parmesan would it be just like loads of triangles of parmesan scrunched together or would they be yeah it's difficult i think they i think they'd be leg shaped they'd look like someone had fashioned a leg out of cheese so you know they would retain their cheesiness but they would function as a limb yeah i think i go with cheese legs because you know chocolate arms you'd just be sitting there licking your arms from time to time because you'd just be so delicious I don't know if it regenerates. That's one thing I haven't decided. Like, can you eat it and then replenish it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Ironically, uh, Robin Van Persie had a chocolate leg, didn't he? He but did. We, we, we don't know if he had cheese arms. He never mentioned it. No, I, d- I don't think so. I don't think so. He'd have been a much more likable character if he had cheese arms. <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. What would you do? So. What would your... Maybe, that, maybe that's why Andre Santos was so friendly with him. Yeah. He put his arm around him because he thought... I'm just going to have a little snack on his arm. Yeah. Maybe he knows something we don't. I'm going to um, nibble on I... your chocolate leg. Exactly. And what would I do? I would go for... I've actually forgotten what the little choice was. Arms made of chocolate or legs made of cheese. Yeah. I think arms made of chocolate. I think I worry that the legs made of cheese would be unstable. And Do you know what I mean? I just feel like they'd be hazardous. What if, you know, I imagine that dogs would try and, um, do, do, do dogs like cheese? Yeah, yeah, they do. Do they actually? Yeah, my dog loves cheese, yeah. Well, loves I feel cheese. like that, they would just be going after me all the time and, you know, it would, it would incur problems. But your legs made, are already made of meat and bones and dogs love that. They I mean, my, near you. mine look quite a lot like they're made of cheese, to be honest. But I think, <laughs> a little... Insider info for you all. I um, that's true. The dogs don't come near me now, but uh, that's because I have appalling personal hygiene. Well, that's my strategy. What to say to that? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Right. I've got one more. Okay. And this comes from Rupert Tottman. Oh, nearly Tottenhamy. Let's see if he can redeem himself with this question. Right. He asks. If you were kidnapped by John Terry... That's a good start. Yeah. And you had to choose an A-team, like the A-team, of four Arsenal players to save you, who would they be? Brilliant. Great question. Tis right up there. Your name could be Spurs, Spurs, Tottenham, Spurs, Spurs, and that would still be a good question. Uh, I Right. I've got to have Flamini in there. As okay. the kind of wild, the wild man. Do, do I have to kind of? Do they have to sort of match up with the actual A team? Yeah, I think we've got to. You've got to have a Murdoch. You've got to have a a, a B A Baracus. You've got to have a face. Okay, um, my B A Baracus. Um, who would that be? Do you know what? It might be uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, because the size of that guy. I, I'm telling you, he, sp- he spends a lot of time in the gym, the Ox. Yeah. And he's he's looking pretty tasty. I mean, is that a good word to use? T- as tasty as a man with chocolate arms and cheese legs. 
Um, so yeah, he'd he'd probably be in there for me. Uh, it's who's the mad one who flies the helicopter? Murdoch. Yeah, Flamini. That's Flamini for me. So you've got okay. So B A is the ox. Murdoch is yeah. Flamini. So who else face, is in the You need like the the handsome um, debonair, Arteta. the charming Arteta. one. Arteta. 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 Yeah. The hair. Right. Perfect. And then you need then, a Hannibal. Wasn't that the guy? What's he like? What's his deal? What's his vibe? I can't remember. He was Sorry. the old guy with the, you know, he was the de facto leader of the A-team. Oh, yeah. Well, can I have, has it got to be a player? I can't have arson. I suppose he could. Could he, could he, could he play in that role? Know, I just have to think? see, uh, did he, does he specify players here? I have to just check it out. Okay. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah, want to get he this does, role. He specifies players, not he's staff. Thought, he's thought this through, hasn't he? Yeah. That's Borough Prima at you out. Okay. Um, I need one more. Hannibal. Mertesacker, I think. Mertesacker. Mertesacker. He's got that kind of, uh, you know, that natural authority. Mm. So what's my A-team? Your A-team is Flamini. I'll do it. Okay. Flamini, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Arteta and Mertesacker. I mean, they're busting me out of there, aren't they? I think so. You'd have some faith in that one, wouldn't you? I'd be pretty happy with that. Would you mix it up? Who have I missed? Who would you have gone for? Um. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. I have to have a think about that now. I should have been thinking about it while. I mean, you had all the time that I was I... desperately vamping. Yeah. And trying to think of stuff. Okay, here's my one. <laughs> Murdoch, because you need the crazy one, right? Yeah. That's uh, Chesney. Okay. Because he, he would definitely be a bit bit mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, B.A. Baracus, because of the big, strong one. Alexis, maybe? He is quite muscular, isn't he? He is as well. He's another one of the, the more muscular lads in the yeah. dressing room. Um, I was thinking about Aaron Ramsey for the uh, for the face character because, you know... He's got the looks. I mean, it's out of control. But maybe, maybe he just doesn't have quite the the effusive personality. Like, you couldn't imagine Aaron Ramsey going in and charming somebody into giving them, like, secret plans or anything because he'd just be so nice. No, he's quite a humble guy, isn't yeah. he? Quite down to earth, yeah. So who could I get then? Um... G- Giroud? Yeah, Giroud, yeah. He could be the handsome yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe in French he's he's a lot more charming. Mm. So I just need a Hannibal, an older guy, Rosicky, Rosicky. Good team. Yeah. So those, team. those are our A teams: Flamini, nice. Oxlade Chamberlain, Arteta, Mertesacker, and then Chesney, Rosicky, Alexis, and who did I say? Who did we say? Giroud. Giroud. Yeah. I mean, guys, that is a Photoshop opportunity waiting to happen, isn't it? I'd have a li- maybe a little bit more faith in your team. Really? <laughs> to save to save me from John Terry. Well, it's an important job. Yeah. Um, but they, they could go in with um, absolute, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, they'd be allowed to shoot him and stuff. Oh, yeah, all guns blazing. Yeah. Yeah. L- license to kill license John to Terry. Kill John Terry. Yeah. Multiple times. Um, should we knock this on the head? Yes. 
let's. Because this time okay. next week, we'll be sitting here discussing the very first Premier League game of the season and hopefully uh, three nice points for Arsenal. Can't believe it. It's yeah. come around so quick. All right. Um, the Arscast regular returns this Friday. Um, uh, and I suppose I should actually start thinking about stuff and what to do on that one <laughs> at this yeah, point. Like, good, good luck with that. Yeah. I'm happy to wash my hands of it at that point. <laughs> Not involved. All right. Well, look, we'll talk to you on next Monday's Arscast Extra. So until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.